0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the
1: through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zacheman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Saul hunts David and enters a cave where David is hiding. David is urged by his men to be rid of his enemy once and for all. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 24, on
0: Simply the Bible. It never ceases to amaze me the way God answers prayers. Many times when we pray, I'm convinced that we have one answer in mind, but God often surprises us how He answers our prayers. Many problems are really blessings in disguise and his instruments for preparing us for our future in him. As David was running for his life from King Saul, he couldn't have known that God was using this situation to prepare him to be king. David was terrified, but his fear only drove him to pray even while he hid out in desert strongholds. We continue in 1 Samuel chapter 24. Now it happened when Saul had returned from following the Philistines that it was told him saying, Take note, David is in the wilderness of En-Gedi. En-Gedi means fount of the goats. It was an oasis in the middle of the desert, but it also had rocks and caves. When Saul learned of David's whereabouts, he continued his hunt. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel and went to seek David and his men on the rocks of the wild goats. David and his 600 men were severely outnumbered. David's strategy had been to hide from Saul. He wrote Psalm 54 during this time, Save me, O God, by your name, and vindicate me by your strength. David knew that he had not wronged Saul, and yet there were those who, among Saul's rank and file, who were accusing David of trying to kill the king. Therefore, David asked God to vindicate him, but he had no idea how God was going to do it. So he came to the sheepfolds by the road where there was a cave and Saul went in to attend to his needs. David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave. As Saul was traveling on the road with his army, he looked for a pit stop. He found a cave that looked suitable. Now, the law was very strict about how the people were to conduct themselves in matters of sanitation. Each soldier was required to leave the camp to relieve himself, and he had to carry a small shovel or trowel with his weapons so he could dig a hole and cover his excrement. Naturally, Saul desired privacy at such a moment, but going into the cave alone made him quite vulnerable. Little did Saul know that David and his men were hiding in the back of the cave. Saul's scouts had proven to be incompetent. Then the men of David said to him, this is the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand that you may do to him as it seems good to you. And David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. This was a test for David. Often we think of tests as being unfavorable circumstances, but they can also seem favorable. This seemed like a golden opportunity for David to get the vindication for which he prayed. And David's men urged him on. This is your time, David. It's the day God told you about. Behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand so that you may do to him as you please. But when did God say that? We have no record of it in Scripture. We know that God did anoint David to be king, but when did he tell David that he could do to Saul whatever he wanted to do? And yet, there was a certain logic to what David's men were saying. Obviously, this was a God thing. It was just too coincidental for God's hand not to be in it. But how did God want David to respond? That was the question. Often it is in these no-brainer moments where we just think we know what to do that we are at most risk for making a bonehead decision. But David acted with wisdom. Unlike Saul, he was not swayed by his men to do evil. He sought to do what was right. Therefore, David secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe to prove that he could have killed him but chose not to. David wanted vindication and not revenge. Now it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. And he said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David restrained his servants with these words and did not allow them to rise against Saul. And Saul got up from the cave and went on his way. Immediately after committing the deed, David was conscience stricken. This act would have humiliated his king. And who was he to lay his hand upon the Lord's anointed? David knew that God had anointed him to be king of Israel one day. But it was God's responsibility to remove Saul in his good time, not David's. David knew that it was wrong for him to take matters into his own hand. What seemed like the golden opportunity to David's men would have been an act of violence and self-reliance. And David had too much integrity for that. He also knew too much of the law of God for that. Because Moses said in Exodus twenty-two twenty-eight, you must not dishonor God or curse any of your rulers. David did not respect the evil things that Saul was doing, but he did respect the office that Saul held. I believe this is a lesson we need to hear in our country. Whatever happened to giving our leaders respect? Aren't they due dignity? We live in a democracy. I I thank God for that. If we disagree with the policy of our leaders... We have the right to disagree with it. We can get out and vote. We can even publicly criticize their policy, but we should never cross the line and speak evil of the person or fail to give honor that is due. David knew how to rebuke Saul's actions while still respecting Saul as king. As much as David hated living in the wilderness as a fugitive and always being fearful of Saul's next attack and not knowing whom he could trust, yet he restrained himself from stretching out his hand against the Lord's anointed. Proverbs 16.32 says, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. But David not only had to restrain his own spirit, he also had to restrain his men who were also tired of constantly being on the run. Fortunately, David's men highly respected their leader. Saul got up from doing his business, not realizing that he had brushed shoulders with death in that cave. David also arose afterward, went out of the cave and called out to Saul saying, my Lord, the king, And when Saul looked behind him, David stopped with his face to the earth and bowed down. And David said to Saul, why do you listen to the words of men who say, indeed, David seeks your harm? Look, this day your eyes have seen that the Lord delivered you today into my hand in the cave and someone urged me to kill you. But my eyes spared you and I said, I will not stretch out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed.'" Moreover, my father, see, yes, see the corner of your robe in my hand, for in that I cut off the corner of your robe and did not kill you. No, and see that there is neither evil nor rebellion in my hand, and I have not sinned against you, yet you hunt my life to take it. Let the Lord judge between you and me, and let the Lord avenge me on you, but my hand shall not be against you. As the proverb of the ancients says, wickedness proceeds from the wicked but my hand shall not be against you after whom has the king of israel come out whom do you pursue a dead dog a fleet therefore let the lord be judge and judge between you and me and see and plead my case and deliver me out of your hand undoubtedly god had given david an opportunity but an opportunity to do what david had wanted to be vindicated Therefore, he used the opportunity to prove four things. First, Saul's men had accused David of seeking to kill him. But David proved that this was not in his heart. He had the opportunity and some of David's own men even urged him to do it. But David would not lift his hand against Saul. Second, David proved that he respected Saul as king by addressing him with honorable names. My Lord, the King, the Lord's anointed, my father, the King of Israel. Third, David proved that he would depend upon God to judge righteously. Saul had returned David's good with evil, but David would not return evil for evil. Instead, he would leave room for God to judge between them. Romans 12, 19 says, Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. David trusted the Lord to plead his case and to deliver him out of Saul's hand. And David was not disappointed. Fourth, David proved to everyone that actions manifest true character. Saul was revealing his evil character by his evil actions, but David was revealing his noble character by his noble actions. And who could argue with this wisdom? So it was when David had finished speaking these words to Saul that Saul said, Is that your voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. Then he said to David, You are more righteous than I, for You have rewarded me with good, whereas I have rewarded you with evil. And you have shown this day how you have dealt well with me. For when the Lord delivered me into your hand, you did not kill me. For if a man finds his enemy, will he let him get away safely? Therefore, may the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. And now I know indeed that you shall surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. Saul responded to this turn of events in three ways. First, he was convicted that David's actions were righteous where his were evil. He lifted up his voice and wept. Second, he confessed that David had rewarded him with good while he had rewarded David with evil. Third, he commended David that the Lord would reward him for the good he had done and that he would surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel would be established in his hand. Therefore, swear now to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants after me, and that you will not destroy my name from my father's house. So David swore to Saul, and Saul went home. But David and his men went up to the stronghold. Observe that Saul's chief concern was not for his own repentance or for the Lord's glory, but for David not to cut off his descendants after him, and that David would not ruin his reputation. In the end, Saul was concerned mainly about himself. But David took an oath to do what Saul asked, if only Saul had kept his word. But he would soon prove once again to be ruled by his weak flesh and tormented by an evil spirit. Nevertheless, God had most certainly answered David's prayer for vindication Mm. In a most unusual way. You've been listening to Simply the Bible.
1: The through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where David and his men watch over the shepherds and flocks of a rich man named Nabal, but he shows neither gratitude nor charity. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Samuel on Simply the Bible.